Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Butler looking to get outside of Buck. LeBondra away from Davis. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello. Welcome to the Elm Park Royals Phantom Preview. We are looking today at the championship and we're not really focusing on Reading today. I'm sure so many people have just turned off at the them hearing that, but... Hopefully, some of you are stuck with us because we're going to be discussing the rest of the championship and how we think it's going to go down today. I'm Alex. I'm joined by Matt Lancey. Good afternoon, Alex. How are you doing? Matt? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Only a few days to go now until the championship season gets underway. And there's a little bit of optimism in the air, I think, because uh, we've had a little look at a sneak preview here. We had a little look at each other's uh, answers to some of the questions we're going to go through and you know, Reading aren't in the bottom three in either of our predictions, Matt. So they are not, which is a, well, a little bit surprising, maybe. But I think, yeah, I think there's been since preseason. I think we've had a good preseason. And to be honest, you don't want to be predicting your team in the bottom three anyway, do you? So we might be slightly biased, but perhaps, yeah, we're, perhaps we're, we're, we're keeping the spirits high here on EPR. Yeah, perhaps we're a little biased. There will be a, a season preview podcast for Reading. Uh, out on your podcast feeds this week keep an eye out for it if you haven't already seen on our social media pages we are running a season ticket giveaway as well this week we're giving away an adult season ticket under 24 season ticket a under 18 season ticket and an adult plus under 12 season ticket so check out mparkroyals.com slash st giveaway it's open until Saturday at three o'clock until kickoff of the season. Uh, winners get announced and contacted on Sunday. So get involved if you haven't already seen it. Matt, let's get into it. Top six of the championship. Let's start at the uh, the you know the good end of the championship, if you will. Let's go. Who are you? Who have you got for automatic promotion this season? Automatic promotion. I've got Watford and also West Brom. I kind of feel what Watford. I I feel like the top six 
is a bit of an easy choice, I think, for everyone this year. I think that most of the predictions I've seen anyway have been quite predictable this year. And I kind of feel we might be a bit the same on our predictions as well. But I think Watford and West Brom, Watford are your obvious choice, I think, with kind of they've kept most of their squad together. They've got an exciting manager. It could go one of two ways with them um, because it's the it's the old Forest Green Rovers boss, isn't it? They've got it could go one of two ways, but you just look at their squad and you think if that squad isn't at least challenging for top two, questions are being asked. Questions are being asked there. Um, and then West Brom, I've seen people not talk about them at all in the top in the top four kind of or top two conversation. But with the additions they've made, I mean, you know, they've they took the 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 jewel in our crown, didn't they, with 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 John Swift, you know, and the create creativity he brings, Jed Wallace as well. And obviously all the other players have got Dyke or is it DK? DK you know, yeah. DK, you know, again, if they're not pushing for for automatic promotion, you, you'd be looking at them and thinking, well, it, it, if they're not, it could well be Steve Bruce's last job, I think, in football, because he's got all the tools there to be pushing for for a top two and promotion. Yeah, I mean, all, all the talent is at West Brom. I've, I've got them just finishing just outside the top two. I've got them finishing in third place this season. And I think it's not even a case of them being necessarily a particularly good team. I just think that the standard in the championship this season is probably going to be quite even across the board. I'd, I'd be very surprised if we end up with runaway winners who who go and claim the title and, you know, a second place team who's just behind them, who are both clear by 10 points. I think it will be quite close. I think it's probably going to go down to the last two or three games, to be honest. You're not expecting a Fulham situation then this year. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if we have a team as dominant as Fulham were last year. And I've got Watford to win the league. I think it's a bit of a dull choice, perhaps. And you're right, the old Forest Green manager, Rob Edwards, is there. They played very, very good football, uh, Forest Green, and, and obviously got promoted last season. And I think he's. it seems to me from everything that I've seen from them in kind of pre-season and online that they are promoting kind of a really good culture within the club and it feels like they're going to play good football as you said Matt they haven't really lost that many of their star players I think Ismail Assar is still there I think Dennis is still there and it, it just wouldn't surprise me if they have a really hot start and they'll just run on momentum interestingly neither of us have picked Norwich to finish in the top two Although I think we've both got them in our top six. We do. So my I've got Norwich to finish in fifth. I've actually got Sheffield United to finish in second. I'll just run through Sheffield. My Sheffield United pick is basically based on last season after they ended up hiring, uh, after they got rid of Jukanovic. I think they ended up second in terms of points scored once they were, uh, Heckenbottom came in. And they I don't were think a bit they, of a revelation under Heckenbottom. I, don't, I think a lot of people wrote him off early. But it was like a four or five year contract, I think it was given as well. Yeah, and everyone was kind really of long contract. Yeah, which everyone was kind of turning heads at. But it, he did a good job in, in, in the end, you know, did they they just just snuck playoffs, didn't they, last year? Or did they just yeah, they did just sneak it in the end. But you know, when you look at where they were back at the start of the season, you know, they're down eighteenth, seventeenth position for, for so long. Well, pretty much the whole time under Kanovic. So I I I got Sheffield United to finish third in mine. So just just uh, just 
basically swapping around West Brom and Sheffield United for us. Pretty much. And, uh, as I said, we've, got, we've both got Norwich in our top six as well. I've got them to finish fifth. I think you've got them to finish in fourth. Fourth. Yeah. I think th- th- there's a bit of a stigma, isn't it, about Norwich just coming down, going back up, coming down, going back up. It's got to finish at some point. They can't. They 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 can't keep going up and down every season, surely, can they? You know, I've got them still to no, finish I mean, in. My my thing with Norwich this season is ultimately, yes, they have gone up and down a number of seasons now, but at some point, that talent is not going to either be replaced or it's not going to be at the same level as it was previously in the championship. I mean, I don't I don't know whether I really see Timu Puki coming down and dominating the championship as he has done in previous seasons, but. He's 32 now. It's not um, necessarily like it's not necessarily in the peak of his career like he was what three seasons ago when they were last in champ. Well, when he last uh, really had a super super strong season in the championship, um, I, I just can't see him. He did having... still have a relatively good Premier League season last year though. Eleven yeah, goals, still, he, I think it was. Yeah, he got which... eleven last year, and he got 26 in the championship the year before. I just. It feels like at some point his his skill level has to drop off, and the players that they've been bringing in over the last couple of years, I I don't necessarily rate them. I don't Josh Sargent, for example, I don't think is a particularly good striker. He's, he was signed last season from somewhere in Germany, and I I don't really rate him. Uh, I just I feel they'll have enough quality to be in that top six uh, mix, but I, I think they're going to fall just short of automatic promotion. I agree. Pretty much, pretty much everything with what you said. And then your last playoff team, Matt. My my last playoff team. Well, actually, last we, playoff team. Sorry, I was going to say yeah. Well, we 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 both had Borough, and I had Borough in fifth. Did you have them in fifth? I've got I've got Borough in fourth. You got them in fourth. Yeah, Borough. I think so again, Borough and Norwich are of those two kind of teams who we we, we don't think are necessarily going to make that automatic promotion, yeah. but they should. I think they'd both be very disappointed if they don't challenge for it and they're not in in the mix of the top five, top six at the end of the season. Certainly with the signings Borough have made, especially with the goalkeeper and everything from from, from Manchester City, I think, yeah, yeah, like I say. I think the only the only kind of uh, negative I've got on Middlesbrough is I don't necessarily rate their strike force particularly still. And a lot of Borough fans are saying the same. I mean, it's, it's you know, if you look at... Okay, Duncan Watmore is fine, but he's not a dominant championship striker, is he? Let's be honest. He might get you 10 goals, probably, or around 10, 12 yeah, goals. Yeah, I mean, last I'd season say. he got seven. Yeah. And Josh Coburn. And neither of them are going to get you, you know, 15 goals, 16 goals. Yes, a team can get promoted without that. I mean, Lafondra scored 11, I think, in the season. We won the league. But really, then, you're relying on having a defence which is going to keep probably 25 clean sheets with Middlesbrough. I can see them doing it. You know, they went out, they signed, um, obviously they signed Zach Stefan on loan from Man City. Um, they've signed Lenahan from, uh, they've signed Lenahan from uh, Blackburn. I can see them having a really strong defense. I just worry that they won't, you know, in some of these games where they, they struggle to break teams down, they may end up with quite a few, you know, nil-nil frustrations. Biggest asset for them, though, I think will be Chris Wilder. And especially in that defence, because we saw how good Sheffield United were defensively under Chris Wilder, especially when they went up, you know. So they went on a run of... It, it, I, when they went up from the Championship, it, they I think it was like 
nine or so games where they only conceded one goal, you know, and if he if he can replicate that at at Borough obviously this year, you know they've got to be in the mix. Yeah. And and then so obviously if you I don't know who's been paying attention here, but you might have noticed that Matt and I have basically had the same five teams for the top five with a little bit of difference in order, but not that much. It's a very boring season it seems like it's too predictable. (laughs) It does feel like it. The sixth place team is the only one where we differ. Um, I've gone for Stoke, and I'll be honest, I'm not very confident with this selection. I think it could be one of about eight teams who fit into this sixth spot. Um, I've picked Stoke because I think it's just a bit of a a kind of a pre-season. I feel like, you know, the signings of Dwight Gale, it's exciting. Obviously, Josh Laurent has gone there as well. Do I think that they necessarily got an incredible team? No. But I think that they're probably going to do well enough that they should be able to compete for that sixth spot. I think there's a number of teams outside of them, outside of Stoke, who could be there as well. Obviously, we've got, you know, Luton made the playoffs last season. We've got Burnley have come down. You know, you've got all sorts of teams, Swansea, Millwall, Blackburn, all teams who were near the playoffs at some point last season, uh, QPR as well. It, there's lots of teams who could make that position, but I just, I don't know. I think I just have a little bit of a, a feeling that Stoke have gone all in on this season because we all know that the loss at Stoke have kind of been mounting up over the years. And at some point they are going to have to end up with like a bit of a reset. And I think this season might be the one where they, they've thrown all their cards on the table. And if it's going to come off, it has to come off this season. Matt, you've I gone strongly disagree direction. with you on that one. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll come <laughs> around to that. We'll come around to that. You've gone a different direction though for your top six pick. I have, and again, it seems a bit boring to say, but I didn't have them up in my top six. To be fair, I thought they'd really struggle this year with everything that was going on behind the scenes when they got relegated from the Premier League. But the team I went with sixth was Burnley because when you look at kind of the the players they've added, and again, company. I still kind of feel company will go a bit like Yap Stam. I think it'd be interesting to see how he adapts to kind of um, well, first off English management. And then also, you know, if when you're in a team like Burnley and you're expected to win and then teams are setting up against you, playing defensive, et cetera, because I think he likes to play possession football again, like he did out with Anderlecht. It's, yeah, it's a very interesting appointment company. And uh, I mean, I know City are looking still to loan out players um, and the I think James McAtee is one uh, and Liam Delap is another who both have been like linked with moves away. Obviously, Burnley is quite an easy, easy choice um, for City to loan players out. I, I just don't, I don't know if Burnley are going to have that much in the way of, of, you know, high quality because it feels like a lot of their main stars have departed this summer. Um, obviously, Ben Mee was out of the door quite quickly. Nick Pope left as well. Um, I think they've lost Nathan Collins to Wolves. Uh, Veghorst is gone. It, I, I just a I'm not lot, sure. They, they have had a lot of turnover in that squad. You know, a yeah, lot of turnover. It, gonna, but... it, I feel like a lot of things have to to go right, especially with their signings. So they've, I mean, they've already they bought in. Um, I mean, their main signing this summer so far feels like it's been 
been Scott Twine from MK Dons, who had a really good season with MK Dons last year. And it will be interesting to see whether he kind of adapts to, to championship level. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But also, likes of Josh Cullen from Andelect, obviously, um, company would have worked with him last year. But you know, they're, they're, there's a there's a couple of good signings in there. You know, um, I think they've got a Man, Man City goalkeeper as well. Um, yeah, they've signed three players from Man City so far, so you yeah. can tell it's companies <laughs> companies links are coming through already because uh, yes. yeah, they've got got a Man City a uh, Man City goalkeeper and then two defenders from Man City as well. I think it is. Mm. So yeah. yeah, Man City. Uh, it's essentially Man City light. This it season, might become but, their B team. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I I had Burnley finishing just outside the playoffs, so it's I, I'm not expecting them necessarily to do badly, but I think it may be just a little bit of time um, until we see kind of the the full company effect at Burnley. Matt, let's go down the table a bit. Um, let's talk about the teams which we think won't do so well. So. Who have you got in your bottom three? In fact, you know what? We don't need to go through this person by person here because two of our bottom three are identical. And it feels like 90% of the footballing world have predicted these two teams to get relegated this season. Um, Rotherham is one and Birmingham is the other. Matt, why Birmingham? I think it's just everything everything around Birmingham at the moment. I mean, it's kind of like, to, to be fair, from the outside, it's kind of like Reading, let's be honest, you know, with everything, the, the upho- upheaval behind the scenes, all the ownership issues. But then also having um, John Eustace, you know, coming in as as a manager of a club like Birmingham in the situation that they're in. I just I, I can't I can't see him being able to. Well, it's it's going to definitely be a sink or swim you know, job for him. But I think. I just cannot see a manager because how he were was it uh, was he the assistant manager of Ireland? Yeah, he was assistant for Ireland, but he's never year. he's never actually managed. And you just think to come into a job to come into a job like Birmingham, you know, with, with little to no experience, it's going to be sink or swim. And to be honest, with their squad the way it is as well, I just I I can't see him doing it. I can't see him doing it. Unfortunately, like now they might change the manager towards Christmas time and it, it might then come good for them but you know I think on current on current status you know I I just can't see Birmingham being able to the, take over the talks don't really help either do they because it feels like it's, no. it's not it's not exactly giving them much of a it's not giving them much hope and it's and it's dragging on and on you know you you, you had Bassini on the radio a few weeks back that's now obviously all all fallen through you've got a new consortium now that's obviously there it's it's just it's just a mess and you know when you're coming up to a new season it's the last thing you're going to want really especially when you're trying to sign yeah they're in a similar situation to us in the sense that they're 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 not spending any money that like they spent zero money zero money zero pounds so far this this summer and it's just loans and loans and free agents again um so it's and it's you know they are losing players who realistically would be big players for them you know christian pedersen's out of the door he was obviously playing left back for them as their first choice last season uh sunjik out of the door bella out of the door it, there's a lot of players who are just not there anymore um and are gonna they're gonna i, feel, I just don't see how they're going to pick up enough wins last year they 
I think they started, I want to say they started really well last year. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but I want to say they started quite well last year and then fell away. But they had picked up enough points that it didn't really affect them too badly. But as you say, with Eustace, I I, I struggled to see how they're going to, you know, pick up enough points um, to, to stay up. Rotherham are the other one. I think Rotherham... I feel bad for Rotherham because every time they come up, they struggle, don't they? they we haven't seen a Rotherham. They're like side. the pantomime horse every time, you know, isn't it? When 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 they come, up. and again, like you say, it's it's not nice to say that it really isn't. But yeah, even when you look at kind of who who they brought in this year, you know, they, notoriously in the championship, they just don't score. Rotherham, maybe it'd be different this time. But when you brought in, you know, Tom Eaves and Connor Washington, those kind of your two strikers. I mean, neither of them know what... two, they're not prolific, though, are they? Neither of no. those two, neither of those two, are that impressive in the championship that I'm, I'm really excited that Rotherham are going to score a lot of goals. Um, exactly. You know, Tom Eaves was not really even a, the number one striker at whole last year, um, because obviously they had they had Lewis Potter there, and I mean he's he scored five goals in the championship last year. Connor Washington wasn't playing in the championship last year and was playing in league one They signed him on a free transfer from, from Charlton. And even, even Connor Washington last season wasn't like he was okay. He got 11 goals in the league, in league one for Charlton, but it's, do I really think that he's going to be able to make the step up and play in the championship? He's never had a season in the championship where he scored more than, more than six. It's, it's difficult to see them scoring enough goals to, to stay up Rotherham. Um, and I mean, not only have they lost Michael Smith, who was incredibly important for them last season, but they've also lost Ihikwe, uh, who left on a free, and Ladapo, who was really key in their, um, he was really key in the way they played last year. It, so it's, I just struggle, I, I just don't see how they've got enough talent there to, to really challenge to finish any higher than about 20th. So to put them anywhere but the bottom three, is really difficult. Matt, who's your last team? My last team is unfortunately Wigan. Um, again, not not doing as much really in the in the in the transfer window. And again, it's well, I think it's just gonna come down to scoring goals for them again, which you know they have struggled with in the past. I just, I, I just can't see Wigan doing it. You, you know, like I think people that listen will be putting, you know, the likes of, um, uh, you know, Reading and everyone down there with them, potentially others as well that we might talk about um, in a minute. But yeah, I, I, I just can't see Wigan, Wigan being able to being able to stay up this year. They did score a lot of goals last season, though, Matt. They did get eighty goals or eighty-two goals last year. Um, they did in League One. So I don't know. I think Wigan will probably be okay. I think Wigan might end up having a season a bit like Blackpool last year, where I think they're going to do okay against the teams who are lower in the table, but will maybe struggle to score against those teams higher up in the league. Um, but I can, yeah, I can understand that Wigan are definitely going to be one which people struggle to. I don't think many people are going to see Wigan as like a surprise top six team, for example, this year, and definitely one who will finish bottom half. I think, um, I think the biggest the biggest point with them is it's an unproven championship manager in Liam yeah. Richardson. Yeah. You know, young and exciting manager, but can can he do it in the championship? And that mixed with 
the signings that they've made you know there's no real signings really that, that they've they've done that they've brought in championship quality etc or championship experience that you look at and you think they could really help them this season the the only start well the one signing i really liked that they made was ryan niambe from blackburn from blackburn yeah yeah i think he's a quality signing and to be honest i was quite disappointed reading weren't in for him but he's he's a quality signing I think there's, a, there's there's some decent players in that team. I think you know you still got James McLean who's who's playing at Wigan, and I mean yeah, James McLean is obviously their, one of their better best players. Um, but I think really it's going to come down to how the likes of um, how the likes of Charlie White step up to the championship, having never played there before. Um, you know he signed for Wigan in January and did okay in the second half of last year, but I think it's going to be. How how players like him and and Will Keane end up doing this season, which is going to define how how they end up doing. Um, Will Keane's never had a you know a particularly good championship record, although he did very well last season. You need him to kind of carry on uh, this year if they're gonna if they're gonna do well. Matt, I'm gonna kind of mix the next two together. So we discussed team who would most underperform. So the team who I've got as most underperforming is actually the same team I've got to go down this season. Uh, I haven't seen anybody else predicting to get relegated yet, but they've got a new manager. They were high, highly, highly reliant on one player last year. Um, and they've lost multiple key players of their team this summer without replacing them. I've picked Blackburn to be the last relegated team. So it's a bold, it's a bold choice. I'm I sure everyone it, is. It's it's bold, but I can kind of see your reasoning when when you when you do go through it. I'm sure everyone will be interested. Yeah, so it's, I think it is bold. You're right, but you've got a manager in in Thomason who he was managing Malmo um, last year in 2021. They won the league uh, two years in a row under him in Sweden. Fantastic, really good job. That. Is impressive in a sense, yes. However, I kind of feel like Malmo were a very good side anyway, and it doesn't take a lot of additional managerial kind of prowess to do that. Having won the league like five years out of seven before he got there and been runners up the year before he signed, how much influence he's really had on that, I don't know. Um, it's difficult to kind of like put that into perspective. Now, we mentioned earlier that Lennon has gone to Middlesbrough and they also lost Nyambi to Wigan, as we mentioned, and Joe Rothwell, who played 40 plus games for them in central midfield last year, has also left. They've made two signings so far. One is a 19 year old winger from Preston and they've also managed to sign Callum Britton from um, Barnsley. Yeah. Now, my kind of real reservation with... Um, with Blackburn and it, it could work really well but my real worry for Blackburn is how young their team is it's just so young I mean Blackburn have got one player over the age of 30 and they've only got five players over the age of 25 that's it in their whole squad one of those is Bradley Dack and one is Sam Gallagher Bradley Dack has been notoriously injured for at least two seasons now um and Sam Gallagher is a player who scores a roughly one in five rate in the championship. 
Now, if they struggle early on, I just don't know if the experience is going to be there to like drag them out of that kind of out of that hole potentially. Now, I feel like I'm kind of doing a bit of a disservice because obviously they do have Brereton Diaz who had a ridiculous season last year. Uh, what was it? I think it was 20, I'm looking it up, 22 goals last season for Brereton Diaz, which, you know, by all means is a ridiculous return um, for a player who had never really had that kind of, you know, strike power beforehand. Um, but then I look back and it's like, since Christmas, how many goals do you think he'd scored, Matt? Christmas. I th- I think it's one, isn't it? it? It was a very, or was it zero? It was an scored, incredibly he scored cool. three goals since Christmas. Three. He missed about six or seven games due to an ankle injury, but he scored three goals since Christmas. He scored 19 before Christmas. Um, and I, I don't want it to be a case of a one-shot wonder and him to to you know suddenly drop off a cliff but it's very easy to see or maybe not very easy to see but i can see a scenario where he does not have a season anywhere near as good as that and he gets maybe 11 12 goals which is still a pretty good return but then it the question then comes where's your other where's your other goals coming from i and i just don't see it with blackburn no, and when 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 you're kind of looking at Gallagher as your kind of second to be picking up those chances, I mean, we all remember that chance he missed at the SEL last year, you know, from from six yards when he slipped over. I had to get that in, had to get that in whilst we're talking about him. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's it doesn't it doesn't brood confidence, and you know, I I think most people on looking from the outside can kind of see why. You know, I think some people might be tipping them to kind of be be down there or to certainly not be challenging like they did you know in the early part of last season and matt a team to overperform overperform i have gone for whole city which might surprise quite a few but i think when again when you look at the business they've done through through the summer um and also obviously the the new ownership and everything obviously went through towards the end of last season everything's kind of on a high but you know so some of some of the signings they've made, including um, it was the it was the striker from um, oh, it was one of the Portuguese sides. Sorry, it was the uh, I think it Guimera. was Pretoria. Oh, was it Guimara? Yeah. Guimara, yeah. But scoring fifteen goals in the um, Portuguese top division, you know, and and they were able to bring him into Holt. It'd be really interesting to to see how how he does next next season or this season even, you know. Um, but then also, you know, you're looking at the likes of Michel Seri as well. You know, yeah, that's Fulham a crazy bringing, signing. Uh, and he was one of, the, I think, he was one of their first signings this summer as well. You know, so y- you're looking at that and you're thinking that they've they've just brought brought in that kind of quality. Um, I mean, so, yeah, looking down the list of their signings, I'm really impressed with Tufan. It's they've signed him from Fenerbahce central midfielder. He was online at Watford last year. I think he played like eight games in the second half of last year for Watford in the Premier League. Obviously, you know, the championship is a slightly different level. So I would really expect two fans to have a really good season um, this year. I'm like, I'm very, very, um, I'll be very interested to see how Nathan Baxter does this year, because this is obviously like his second season back in the championship um, on loan from Chelsea. 
I think he played about, I think he played the second half of last season on loan at, at, at Hull. Um, and he really impressed me in the second half of last season. I, I would expect him to probably be one of the top championship goalkeepers this year. Yeah. And I think, you, you know, I think a, a lot of people might look at their manager and think again, you know, and it, inexperiencing the championship but again with the squads you've kind of got there you know I think kind of the players you know we're not looking at the whole of like you know the last season or two you know adapting to the championship you know they've been in the championship now for a couple of seasons and you know a kind of uh, actually no second season now isn't it for them but it's kind of they got a good footing last year you know comfortably avoiding relegation you've got to say you know that they they were clear of relegation with you know five six games to go realistically yes because of a very poor bottom three bottom four teams and points deductions but you know they, they they were there it'll be interesting to see how how they how they can kick on under him i can't pronounce his name i'm not going to try try to but um, alvazadi i think it is but yeah. maybe <laughs> yeah. somebody will correct me if i'm wrong um let's talk about one of a team before we shoot off here huddersfield town matt you've got them as to underperform um and i mean i've got them as the first manager to get sacked, I've got um, Schofield, Danny Schofield, the first manager to get sacked this season. I think we're both kind of in agreement here that, you know, if you give away, or I say give away, if you start a season with multiple um, players not in your squad anymore, not replace them with a new manager who's not managed before, apart from a couple of caretaker spells, at the same club and last year you were in the playoffs it feels very difficult to see them doing anything but struggling at the moment it does feel quite ominous and you know they um they had i think it was about 12 14 players out contract last summer as well which a lot of a lot of them ended up leaving as well you know um obviously nabi Sar is linked with reading still expected to sign any day now maybe even signed while we've been recording yeah, you know, which, which I think, well, I think he was injured for a bit of last season, so he didn't probably play, play as much as probably he wanted to last season. But, you know, you're losing players like that. And then obviously the two big ones, obviously Lewis O'Brien and Toffolo, you know, O'Brien was one of the best, or probably the best player on the pitch in that playoff final against against Forrest. And, you know, you've lost you've lost both him and Toffolo, new manager, it, it just doesn't look good, you know, um, and you look at, again, the signs they've brought in to kind of counter that, that there's nobody really that that jumps off the page, you know, at, 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 when you're looking at kind of who they who they brought in. Obviously, they brought in the youngster from Chelsea, um, and Andrew, I think his name is. But, you know, again, it's not 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 tried, not tested. He could come. He could come through and obviously make us look quite stupid with our predictions. But, but, you know, I, I think he's actually he's only played about 10 games, I think, professional games in his well, career. and it's... I, feel, I feel like when you look at Huddersfield, they're the one team that in people's predictions, they have completely sunk in the last two weeks because of those transfers out. Um, and it will be interesting to see how they start because if they start badly, then I think Huddersfield fans will become very worried very, very quickly. Um, I, I, I was speaking it's, to a Huddersfield it's very fan... Similar. It is very similar to Blackburn, though, with, with, with how they start if they don't start quickly. Yeah. I was speaking to a Huddersfield fan earlier this week, and they they told me that the wage budget at Huddersfield this season is nine million pounds. So just to put that into perspective, that's almost half what Reading are going to spend this this season, um, or what we're allowed to spend, or what we're allowed to spend, and 
there has been obviously a lot of chatter around how Reading's squad depth is is quite weak. Um, for nine million pounds, I cannot imagine that they have pulled together a particularly deep squad either. So um, let's end it on a fun one, Matt. Obviously, we've got away days coming back this week with our trip to Blackpool. Which ground or grounds are you most looking forward to visiting in the championship this season? Well, my easy one to pick is Sunderland and Stadium of Light because I've never been there and it's a long ass trip. It's but it's going to be fun. Me. Well, I, I know, but that that's why I'm going to go. I'm going to go slightly different because I know that that was that was your that was your answer. I've kind of taken your fire there. I know, but I, Bloomfield Road in the summer on on a July on a July afternoon can it get much better than Blackpool away? You know, Reading fans, get your tickets, get your tickets, get yourself up to Blackpool. Obviously, if you can afford it, get yourself up there and have a cracking day in the sun. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I know my view will probably be changed 10 minutes into the game when we're 2-0 down. But I'm 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 really looking forward to to, to uh, Blackpool. I'm loving I'm loving your optimism there. Yeah, my my choice would have been the Stadium of Light as well, but you know, you've taken my thunder there slightly. Thanks for that one. Um I've never been to the Stadium of Light. I think I'm maybe two stadiums this season, two new stadiums to visit. The Stadium of Light is one which isn't until February. So I'll pick one before Christmas, one which I'm quite looking forward to, just because we haven't played them for a number of years now. Burnley, it's 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 an old school stadium, it's, you know. It's, it's going to be the it's going to be the middle of October by the time we get or end of October by the time we visit. Season's kind of settled in, you know. By then, we'll know we'll know what's going on. We'll know where uh, we'll know where the season's going, and it'll be a, an, an interesting trip to Burnley and. Although Burnley aren't in the twenties plenty, which you know, shame. They are only charging twenty five pounds for their tickets this season, so you know, credit credits due where credits due. That isn't a bad price, um, and it will be it'll be good to be able to go to some more of those grounds where teams are only charging twenty pounds at least now. That that, Matt, that that has got to be one of the most interesting way to end the podcast. That Alex Everson, you are looking forward to going to Burnley. <laughs> No one else is, so I figure I might as well give them some love. <laughs> Matt, thank you for way joining to me today. Um, no worries. It's, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully some of our predictions won't make us look really stupid come next May. And people won't dig this back out. Make sure that you listen out for the rest of our season preview content this week. And the Blackpool preview podcast with Jacob coming out on Thursday afternoon I hope or Friday morning one of the two and yeah we'll be back with a match roundup on Sunday of the Blackpool game so until then we will speak to you very soon cheers <laughs>